You look like a fool out there picking free will. <laughs> Pick the fucking losing side from the start. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of You Are What You Observe. Today we have a guest host on the podcast. Say hello to Sean Fagan. Hi. I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, my first time on this show. Um, I've been friends with Dave for a couple years now, and I know he's had this podcast with his father, and just uh, excited to be here. Yeah, so he's taking the role of dad, and uh, so that means you get to do all the talking don't let me talk at all. I mean, I wouldn't want to have it any other way. <laughs> so Sean and I... I think our viewers or our listeners would like that way too. No, I'm just messing, Dave. <laughs> so uh, Sean and I are friends from high school. You're a few years younger than me. Um, and then we just remained friends since then, gotten a lot closer, I would say, over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, I really, you know, growing up, Dave was two years older. I really didn't... I, I would say we wouldn't really... We didn't really know each other until we were on the same field playing football. I think yeah. you were actually a senior, and my first year ever playing football was my sophomore year of high school, so that's really when I got to know you, and I guess I'll share a quick story for the listeners. Yeah. One of my very first football practices ever, Dave was uh, the star running back for our high school, and uh, in playing dummy defense, uh, I was a corner on one side of the field, and Dave was given a halfback toss, and... Uh, one of his linemen on that very first, my very first play ever in football, <laughs> ran my ass over. Was that Matt? And I just remember Dave just standing over me. <laughs> was that Matt? Yeah, it was Matt McCormick. <laughs> That's funny. So you say that was one of your first days, not your first. Yeah, one of my oh, first. Okay. I guess, I went, maybe it wasn't the very first. I don't know if we were already doing plays by then, but it was one of, very early in my football career, just one of the, my very first few practices ever. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Matt would have no mercy on you, for sure. <laughs> we were locker buddies, so I think uh probably had to take something out of me for the way I treated the locker. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, for people listening, I'll probably sometimes call him Sean. Sometimes, sometimes I'll call him Hachi because that's, that's, a nickname. that's how I have always known him as. So Yeah, so... uh yeah, currently I, you know, grew up in the same town as Dave, North Adams, Michigan, uh, the Hillsdale, Michigan area. Uh, went to school up in the UP, Lake Superior State University, with a couple of friends. <clears throat> Got my education down there, and uh, now I currently uh, in sales, marketing. Uh, my first job at high school I actually worked for NASCAR at Michigan International Speedway. Um, out of I college, actually managed right out of college. Yep, oh, right out of college. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> Right out of college, Forgiven. got that degree. I was going to say, you had another job before high school. Let me talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's or a different after story. high school, I mean. That's, that's a different time. But, uh, yeah, there were, there were little side jobs, you know, through college, through high school. But first big boy job, worked in NASCAR. Uh, actually sold all the campgrounds at MIS for the race weekends. Was there about three years, now at my current spot over at uh, Topgolf in Auburn Hills. So moved out, got my first place on my own. It was honestly my first job that I was really excited about that I really kind of got it on my own in terms of past jobs. Maybe I knew somebody uh, like, you know, for example, there was a, a previous job I had in the summer. I knew Dave. <laughs> um, I just I, I've always known someone and had connections. But this was my first job out here. And even even getting the NASCAR job, I knew someone that got hired a month prior and I was kind of referenced. But this current job I'm in, you know, I was I just threw my name out there and 
kind of earned it, if you will. And since then, you know, COVID was a rough year, but I uh, got my job back in a promotion level, and now it's, you know, it's busy. Yeah, busy. Busy's not yeah. always bad. But what is your uh, what's your major again? What was your uh, marketing? Degree? Marketing. That's what I thought. Business marketing, a minor in sports marketing. Gotcha. So while we're on the subject, that's what my uh, my dad wanted me to ask you a question, basically for his personal gain. He sure. wanted to know what you think a proper like percentage of revenue, what percentage of revenue should be dedicated to marketing? Oh, you know what? I'm sure there is a technical correct answer out there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure they do research on all this, but I'll, I'll say I won't give a, a number, but in the just in the sense of how important marketing is, you know, it's a very important important tool for any company. Um, and there's different ways to go about it, you know, whether it's you know hitting the ground running with flyers or internet ads, but it, it can even be as simple as how you, you know, use the system of referrals, which may be even more. Maybe there's benefits or incentives to that, but a very powerful tool to get, especially companies that are just starting up and running and to be competitive within their markets. But in terms of a percentage, I don't know if I could give a correct number on that without actually doing like research. Take a guess. <laughs> oh, I mean, are you going to, it's one of those things where I say something and you say, ha, sucker, I know the answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. He I mean, just, he really wanted to just know your opinion on it. I would say, I mean, again, there's so much that goes into a business and different things you have to look into, but mm, maybe 20%. Okay. That's in my head. The first number that popped in was 25. So yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Cool. Good to know. From your Sorry, I drug that out. But... <laughs> that's all right. So talk about, we both grew up in the same town, right? North Adams. Where, where were you? You weren't always in North Adams, right? No, um, I actually moved to North Adams. Whew, it would have been second grade for me if I had to put a year on it. Oh, 2001. Oh, that's maybe the same year I moved there too. Oh, really? Or maybe I was so, there just a year before you. Fourth grade, fourth grade for you. I, uh, oh, yeah, fourth I was grade, yeah, fourth grade. I actually was born in New York City, well, a suburb. I should, actually shouldn't say a suburb. It was actually more on Long Island, right outside of Queens. Um, till I was about four. That my, you know, my father, you know, he's from that. He grew up uh, around Long Island, and um, essentially, uh, we were we were raised there till about four. And he was more, even though it was the city life, he was definitely more an outdoorsy type of individual. He'd go to upstate New York to do hunts and all that. And we had some relatives that were already in the Michigan area anyway. So we found out, you know, we found a house out this way and moved out here, I think, around 97. I actually lived in a town next to Hillsdale in Hudson for a few years. Then I moved to my current house my parents are at now that, you know, 2001, North okay. Adams. Gotcha. So, so me, actually, we have talked about this on the podcast before about, like, just the Hillsdale area, North Adams. And I came from, you know, like Metro Detroit area. That's where mm -hmm. me and my family were from. And so I spent a lot of time there, plus then going to college. It's, it's a lot different. There's definitely different culture and things. So do you, like, we, me and my dad have talked about, like, how there's a lot of racism. Maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but there is some racism in Hillsdale. It's out there. And more so in Hillsdale than in other parts of the country, because it's a rural area. 
Yeah. Just fair not, statement. Not a lot of people are exposed to it. <clears throat> so you, why don't you tell? Well, first you could tell people your ethnicity. So my dad, for the most part, is uh, full Irish, but what makes me unique is on my mom's side, she is full Filipino. So I do have a little bit of Asian descent and Pacific Islander descent within myself. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. So growing up in that area, did you feel like you encountered any racism or? Um, for the most part, myself, no. I mean, who knows what happens, you know, stuff behind the back. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I say a couple things, you know, in an area like Hillsdale, you know, the majority of the people are, you know, Caucasian, you know, there are a, a select African-Americans or even Asian descent within the area. Um, and I can't speak to them, uh, like how, you know, they may have been treated in my own personal shoes. I don't feel like I had, you know, like the, as far as like hatred in, in terms of racism, it might've been little things like, um, you know, nicknames. I, mean, I wouldn't even say like, this wouldn't offend me too much, but like, you know, as a nickname, like the Asian flyer in hockey, for example, uh, or, yeah. Uh, even my current nickname, which you mentioned Hachi, which I'm totally fine with that it, to others could be viewed as yeah. a racist comment. So, you know, I guess it, it, there's different ways you can look at it in terms of how I viewed it to how other people could view someone saying that to me. Um, but it never wasn't, I would say an intent of hatred personally for me growing up in the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I would have described it too. Like I definitely saw and heard things that were racist, not necessarily directed at somebody, but it's like you just hear it a lot because no, people I, are so like it's just yeah you, you, you definitely have, hear it you don't in have the to mind area. your p's and q's around there because there's nobody else yeah that's that's a fair statement to say what about your family anybody experience um, anything from my brothers not that I had heard of uh, even with my mom and where she works again nothing that I had heard of where it was you know and again going back to that hatred of racism rain like thing like that but yeah and i really can't i don't know you know we have friends i can't attest them if they've even been to that point of you know the hatred in, in terms of their skin color yeah um i really can't recall yeah not i don't think there was ever anything now do i think there was the possibility it could have happened with the wrong people at the wrong times in, in that area for sure yeah Gotcha. Yeah, I was just I was just curious to know what you thought on about that, because I have very like, I mean, every time I go home, you can just like feel it that it's a different, uh, just a different environment. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I don't, not to get political either, um, but I, um, it could be even that same feeling could be said for how people treat masks in the area as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly – every show is my dad says, you know, I don't want to get political, but let's talk <laughs> about politics. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that's good to know. I'm just curious. And so what about, you know, with the current climate of, you know, there's this, a lot of – even more than just outside of Atlanta, it's just like kind of become a new movement of like stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate, yeah. So I guess tell me, like, do you have any thoughts on that or you, you happen to see that? Do you feel like it's – needed or i, I, I would right say again i'm happy to see it because you know again it may not reflect on to me personally um i think i've chosen a good 
group of people around me and I haven't had exposed myself to an area where I've been personally attacked. And again, it could happen, but in general, just seeing it happen, it, it does make me happy because I just, you know, it's, it is a change because you know, like we're talking about this, but we know it happens out there. Obviously it happens out there. Yeah. So, um, and you know, you have to start somewhere, whether it's baby steps of just even starting like a hashtag and a movement, just making it aware it, maybe it's too late for our generation or the older generation, but at least put the seeds down for the next generation to, you know, I, sometimes just a little bit too much hate in the world. Again, may not be in our own eyes, but just with others. And you know, I think steps like that, like just having the movement could help, you know, hopefully get rid of that in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. Well said. Good. All right. We'll get off of that a little bit. So the next thing, well, oh, first, another thing for, for my dad, people that have listened and know he's been Oh, he always wants to talk about this is cryptocurrency. Oh yeah. So we've talked about it a little bit on here on the show. Um, and one of the most recent things, I don't know if you have any insight into the, do you have any insight into the NFTs? Oh, I used to know what that stood for. <laughs> it's like non fundable, non fun, non fungible transactions or something like that. Not too much insight. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's just it's something like it's just some weird like it's almost like I know, art NFTs in the form and there's of EFTs. Yeah, EFTs is completely different. I'm pretty sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, what else? Do, what do you know about like crypto then? What about Bitcoin or? You know, I I know it's it's definitely on the rise um, for sure. And even within this last week, I just saw a professional sports team. Just I can't remember which one. Correct me. I, it might have been the Padres. But some professional sports team just announced that they were going to start paying their players in Bitcoin. I mean, that's just a crazy thing to think about, even like a, even a year ago. Like that's we're getting to a point now where Bitcoin's now going to become like they're going a, a professional team is going to pay its athletes using that. Are they exclusively doing that, or is it like a choice for the players? I believe it's an option. Oh, okay. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that just got announced a week ago. Uh, I think it takes place next year for them. So do you know if, like, are those players going to be, like, signing a contract saying, like, I'll play for this many Bitcoins? Mm-hmm. Okay. Essentially. I'm sure there's more to the contract than that, and like, what's guaranteed, maybe the incentives with Bitcoins, but yes. Hmm. That's interesting, because it's like, one day you could have Bitcoin worth 50 mm-hmm. grand, the next one could be worth 75,000. And there was, uh, this happened about a month ago. <sighs> Again, correct. I, you might need to be corrected on this, but it was an NBA player, I believe, on the table. It might have been Carl Anthony Towns, um, where he took his entire paycheck and just like, or his salary on a year, like one whole year, and just traded in for a Bitcoin. Not a Bitcoin, but Bitcoins. Yeah, a few of yeah. them. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. Do you have any? I personally do not. Wish I did, but um, <laughs> I am. I guess technically I am in the cryptocurrency game in a much smaller capacity. In uh, the meme game, there is a cryptocurrency called Dogecoin that I currently have. Yeah, how is that doing? I haven't really followed it lately. Uh, it's been very consistent where it's at now. Right now, it's it's worth more than our normal nickel. So it's like that's six also cents crazy or to think about. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's between five and six cents. And what did you get in it? All right, funny story with this. I got in a Dogecoin a year ago, where I put fifty dollars in to get twelve thousand shares. I was in the middle of just experimenting with day trading, and that really didn't fit what I was trying to do, so I immediately sold out like a week later to buy a stock. 
But anyway, fast forward to about, I don't know, I'd say three months ago. I tried to get back into Dogecoin and paid another 50 bucks. So if you remember, originally I said I got 12,000 shares. When I paid the 50 bucks this time around, three months ago, I only got 2,000 shares. Oh, man. So if I would have held it on. Hmm. But currently I have 2,000 shares. Nice. Gotcha. I have I have a little bit of Bitcoin, but... Which actually, it's it's kind of it's probably gone up like 75% since I put it in. I got in just before it like really boomed again. So like I got in when it was at like 30,000, and then it went up to like 55,000. Wow. I didn't put very much in, so I didn't really make anything. It, it's fascinating too, because you wonder if that is the currency of the future. The, the value of just one Bitcoin is just astronomical. Right? Like, is there a way to? Like, I just can't see us. You know, having transactions off just one Bitcoin. Yeah, it would have to turn into cents and or whatever it is, percentages. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. I know, yeah. I don't know if you want to say that. I won't say that, but yeah, it is interesting. I don't know much about it, but the NFT things is like seems to be blowing up right now. These NFT things are, it's basically what my understanding of it, it's like a one-off. So like, let's say like we could turn this podcast into an NFT, and are we making money? Well, we probably wouldn't, but a, oh. a successful podcast would. Like if Joe Rogan wanted to do one, he could do one, and someone would probably buy it for like a few million dollars or something like that. But mm-hmm. it would be only it would be one of a kind. So like you would have no oh. way of sharing that NFT. I know what you're talking about in a sense, so I'll share a little insight. Yeah. Again, I don't know too much about it, but this is very similar to that craze that happened like two weeks ago with the NBA Top Shot, correct? I don't know. What was that? Have you heard about that? Uh-uh. So this happened about two, three weeks ago. This has to be one in It's very similar. The NBA came out and created a program called Top Shot where specific moments in NBA history, they created like a five-second clip, yeah. and you can yep. own that clip. Yep, that's it. That's that's what it is. Yeah, so that's huge right now with the NBA. Yeah, it's like blowing up everywhere. There's people doing these NFT things and – be, I don't really understand. I guess it's just like a collectible. It's like getting a you know, trading it's, it's, card. No, exactly. It's it's honestly, and especially the way the NBA marketed it, it was you know it's a new age trading card, kind yeah. of in a sense. Especially the way they even like the, when you buy it, <laughs> you get like a, a virtual thing, and it looks like a trading card, but there's just a clip that plays in it. Wow, that's kind of cool. Like you own like I don't know if anyone I don't know I have no idea if this got sold or how much. I'm sure it'd be worth a lot. Like for example. Uh, like the LeBron block and LeBron block on Iguodala in the finals. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that so, one that they did? Yeah, I, I can't imagine what it sold for, but that is one. That went so for. that's so interesting. So now that they did that, nobody will ever get to watch that clip again. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure you could just YouTube it, right? Well, I, that's the idea of the NFT thing that you're. It's supposed to just be one of a kind. I think it's like that's one of that kind like of like think of it like a trading card like no one else can own that specific card. I think. Oh, Again. okay. So they're kind of making theirs. They're rep, they're doing more than one of a kind, but. Yeah. It's interesting. I think I feel I think the other ones that I've read about it's more more like one of a kind like like an artist could do a piece of art on their computer, and then just one person could. But in, in this digital age, so even going back to the NBA clip or even the artist clip, if that got leaked in any way, like let's say on a Twitter, couldn't someone just take a screenshot and say they own it too? I know it's not official, but... Probably you could have a screenshot, but I think it's like whatever the coding is on these NFTs, that's how you can 
that's how you know it's the one of a kind thing. Mm, it's like that whatever that code or whatever it is, that's how you would know. Yeah, very interesting. I want to go back before we move on. I want to go back to your current job. Yeah. And uh, this is always something I like to hear about from people. What is your, what's your like career goal or future goal, life goal, whatever? You know, <laughs> I'm gonna give a a winded answer here, but I guess when it comes to my job, and I know it's very, it's a very counterpoint of what I'm about to say because I don't live like this currently, but. In a sense, I don't want to say I don't care what I do. I think it's important you like what you do, which I do. I, I love what I do, but you know it does. Uh, it gets a little stressful times. It's very popular right now, especially in my state, with trying trying to be a salesman in terms of navigating through all the health restrictions and the capacity limitations placed on us. Um, but in a sense, I don't. Again, I don't care what I really do. In a means of getting money. But in, but using that money to do things in my personal life that you know whether it's experiences or traveling because I think that's more important to me. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, but, so always putting myself in a position where I can succeed. Again, I, I don't want to say money runs the world, but money puts definitely puts you in a position where when you have your days off or your trips to go out and do experiences, see the world, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just always moving up. So. Um, you know, I started off in my current in my job here at Top Golf at a consultant position, working with just uh, social outings. So at Top Golf, um, there's group outings for like birthdays and bachelor parties, and that's what I focused on. The next step up, um, which I recently got promoted, coming back from a, a layoff, if you will, uh, is now a sales manager, where it's more corporate level events. I'm helping companies set up their employee outings, things of that nature. So I guess eyeing my next step up would be something like um, a director of sales or an assistant director of sales for a top golf. Okay. So just kind of, again, just working my way up the ladder. Um, Cause it's a company that I, I love working for. I, I love what they stand for and the, the experience that, that we sell, you know, it's definitely a memorable one. I guess I like selling experiences to people. Um, you know, it's a great product and just moving up that ladder within the company. Cause currently, you know, when I was on my layoff, I was looking at other jobs. I never could find something that really fit me. Or like I, I would think about, you know, I have a sales background, but do I really want to put myself in a position to sell cars or things of that nature? And thankfully, my old um, location opened up and was able to get back in here. Yeah. So what about so these other? So your your career goal your career goal really is like your life. It's really more oriented towards your life goal. Yeah. So what are those like? What kind of things do you want to do? I I would say a big thing to me. I haven't got to really embark on this journey yet. Uh, maybe more domestically, but I do want to see the world. You know, we only not to get like crazy, like savvy on people, but we only do live one life, and I'd like to see as much of this world as we can. Um, I've seen a lot of the U.S. and there's still parts of the U.S. I'd love to see, uh, but I really want to get more into. Inter- international travel, which right now we got to kind of wait for COVID to kind of calm down. But um, I have been planning, I've been looking, and I'm just kind of putting, setting myself in a position now that I am working full time, where now I have the, in the time of my life now where I had the funds where I can actually make that a reality here moving forward, where I can actually start traveling a little bit. What kind of things do you do like to, uh, how do you save for things like that? Do you have, a, do you do like specific budgets or anything like that? 
I'll, I'll say this. I'm a natural penny pincher. <laughs> um, I, I I don't like to spend more than I have. I, it's, I go through – it's really hard for me to buy something. <laughs> I really go through, like, the check marks and yes or no. So um, for the most part, I throw all my money in the savings account and just builds up. But, you know, in terms of there is a budget because obviously I have my bills and then future goals at one point I'd like to have a house. So when I look at the money that I'm saving up, I look at this is money I need to save for things like a house, you know, things, you know, but maybe a wedding, you know, what if. But also a good portion that, you know, this is for myself because, no offense, this is my life and I'd like to do the things that I, you know, like I said, I just want to travel. So, yeah. What about so? What about that? What about you've mentioned a wedding? Do you have any like some people? Their goal in life is to get married and have kids. You know, is that something? I wouldn't. You know, it's I wouldn't say it was a goal. Currently. Yeah. Um, you know, currently I, I don't have a girlfriend, but you know, it's something that I, you know, I do talk to women and all that. But when it's the right person, I'm not. I don't feel the need to rush into that to reach that goal. Gotcha. Do you, you so you don't have like a you're not like I don't want to have a kid before I'm 35 or something. Uh, nothing like that. I mean, I per, I would like to have a kid and preferably before 40. <laughs> How old are you now? 26. So. Tox clicking. Tox clicking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, that's good to know. Anything else? Like, what? Give me an example of one of the like some places you want to travel to. What's your Ooh, first one? Ask that. What's your first place? Yeah, one of my favorite questions I love to ask people is, because uh, I do I do like to talk to people, and I, I'm known for asking top three questions. And one of my favorite questions is top three favorite places you'd like to visit. So uh, I'll, I'll answer for myself, <laughs> my own top three. Okay. I would love my ancestral background. I know I just said the Philippines, but I would love to visit the other side of the family, my dad's side. I'd love to go to Ireland. Okay. I've heard plenty of friends that have went that said it's just been an awesome experience just traveling around the countryside. Um, so that, that's definitely up there. Number two, and this one, um, it, it's I'd like to go there at some point too. Right now is not the best time with COVID because it's a very compact country, but I'd love to see Japan. Uh, I think the, the Japanese culture, again, I'm Filipino, but the Japanese culture really interests me. Um you know, things of that nature. And then number three would probably be Egypt. I don't know if it's the most stable country right now, but I think, you know, I've always, <laughs> growing up when they asked you when I was like in third grade what your dream job was, I'd say like, oh, I want to be an archaeologist in Egypt. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just one of those things that's on the list. But special shout outs to Italy. We'd love to see Italy. And New Zealand. Oh, yeah. I've always heard good things about New Zealand. I actually just, we went home for Easter this past weekend and, my parents are planning a trip to the Philippines next year and asked if I wanted to go. Oh, really? So the Philippines, again, not in the top five list, but might be a place I might be visiting. I hear good things about it. I will see. <laughs> Especially if you like water. It's got to yeah, go the right place. Are you guys, like, going to go to visit your mom's family? or? Yes, yeah, so on their, their island, and, you know, my dad over at the Easter lunch was telling his stories about you know, when he, he was visiting, because he actually traveled the world himself, actually, uh-huh. kind of around my age. Maybe when he started later, where he went to, um, you know, places like Thailand. He went with his best friend, and uh, they went to Japan, they went to Hong Kong, they went to China. Actually, I don't know if they went to China. 
They went to uh, Thailand where his best friend met his future wife in Thailand. And obviously they went to the Philippines where my dad met my mom. But, uh, yeah, so he was telling stories about when they were in the Philippines. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting how, you know, they live. Well, I guess even that was like 20, 30 years ago, but how life was lived back then, back there. Is your so? Do you know what island that is? Who? Northern Samar. Northern Samar. Never heard of that one. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not islands, David. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you know? Is that going to be the only place you guys go if you go? Oh, uh, I'm. Sure, I mean, well, definitely. Obviously, I think the airport's in Manila, so definitely hang on around the capital, Manila. But as far as I know, they were ta- they were saying a bunch of places, but I think it was just like nearby islands. Yeah. That's what I always hear. One of my clients went like, you know, just before COVID to the Philippines. And I mean, it was, he said it was just awesome. For a specific reason or just, just to travel? Just to go. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Barstool Sports and, you know, they have a lot of different personalities, but their travel guy is uh, a guy named Donnie and he does videos traveling around the world and he right in the pandemic right around new year's he did a eight episode series of uh when he visited columbia for two weeks and i thought that was fascinating oh yeah columbia would be cool yeah I, I guess it's like has a totally bad rep right now well it used to obviously yeah but now it's just like an awesome country to visit that's what i've heard they've really turned it around Mhm. give us the fun fact oh i do have a fun fact on that um do you know that columbia has a real problem right now controlling hippos i've heard oh well i guess it's not that fun huh <laughs> but yeah i guess because hippos aren't natural to columbia but pablo escobar brought them all in obviously he died uh the people were looting his prop because he owned a private zoo and their hippos were in there and people were taking the fencing away from him obviously just uh you know they were poor so they were just trying to get material and stuff hippos got out and then now they're just running rabbits around the area and they can't they don't know what to do because you can't really shoot them well, they did shoot one, and then, you know, PETA and a bunch of people were upset about it, so they don't know how to handle the situation. Because I guess they just walk around town and just, like, eat people's dogs. That's crazy. And, and cattle and stuff. That's wild. That would be crazy to see. <laughs> no, but I, I was really interested. I mean, I I would, wouldn't mind seeing, visiting Columbia. It looked really cool. Yeah, it looks beautiful. looks like an amazing place. I want to go to, I think, South America. I'd like to go, like, Peru. Well, Dave, uh, sorry to cut you off here, but, you know, as you know, I asked top three questions. So where are the top three favorite places you like to visit? I don't know if I even have a top three, to be honest. I could just give you one right now. Let's make one up. But I would say I do want I want to see Peru because I want to see like the. Uh, or the uh, Incan or Mayan, you know, yeah. uh, what's the one? Now I'm drawing a blank. Aztec? Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be awesome. Um, Hawaii. I do want to go to Hawaii. I mean, sure, but Hawaii's not a country. Well, you said top three places to visit, didn't you? Okay, well, I would love to visit Hawaii, too, so let's just stick at the countries. <laughs> okay. Uh, probably Australia. Australia or New Zealand. It kind of like... Yeah, I, don't know. I think they're pretty much the same thing. I'd have to decide which one I would want. So we'll go Peru, Australia, and number three... I don't know if I really have a number three. Oh, no, uh, no place in Africa or Europe. I'm surprised. Not Europe. 
Yeah, I guess Italy would be cool because that's what my that's some of my uh, cultural background. Yeah, I, you know, I, I you know, I, like I said, it's probably number four. It might even pass Egypt, but just the different parts of Egypt are just so unique to me. You know, visiting a place like Rome, or even Egypt. a place Rome's not in Egypt. No, no, but I'm saying Italy might pass. Yeah. Italy might pass Egypt on my list because yeah. of how interesting Italy is with the different places it has. Like you could visit Rome, or you could visit a place like I. I if I ever visit Italy, I'd love to visit like Venice, for example. Yeah. I that look really cool. The Vatican. Yeah, the Vatican. That would be cool. Take Mark. Sicily. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so those would be good ones. Those, are, I guess, that's my top three for now. Nice. Solid list. I, I really like America. I think there's still <laughs> places I want to go. I mean, I've been to Alaska. I would like to go back there. I'd like to go to Alaska and Hawaii. Hawaii, definitely want to go there. So there's some places. Have you visited uh, like uh, the Rockies? I know you live over in Cali, but you've been over the Rockies, but have you been like in the Rockies? <laughs> yeah, I was in Colorado. I've nice. been to Colorado before. And New Mexico. Rockies there too. Uh how about the Black Oh not the, what is the Black Hills? Where is that? Isn't that like, so, like the, the Dakotas? South Dakotas, yeah. No, I've never been there. Did and you see uh, the Black Hills? Yeah, nothing exciting. Oh. <laughs> Honestly was at Mount Rushmore for five minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. Is there nothing else there? It's just the one. Yeah, just uh, you look at it. I went when it was kind of snowing, so it was cool. They had a little, you know, dusty snow on them, but I mean, they they're in the middle of nowhere, and you see them, and then that's kind of just it. Yeah, not much else there. Got it. All right, let's move on to the next things. You ready? Get into yep. the philosophical things here. So there was something you said something earlier. And now I can't remember anymore, but I was like, oh, that would perfectly lead into souls. But So we'll start with that. So we had a discussion on here talking about whether or not we believe souls are real or whether we think souls are a thing. So do you believe in souls? So I guess a quick question on that. In terms of when you guys were discussing, is it more like, souls in terms of when someone passes whether they're gonna they're gonna you know go to the afterlife in that term in that sense or we discussed it all <laughs> so it's kind of whatever your thoughts are I, do you want me to hear what we said about it first sure yeah give me give me a quick rundown so to me i don't i don't believe in it at all i have no like soul doesn't really mean that much to me my dad was a little bit like he was just kind of on the fence. He wasn't really sure what he believed, I think. he Because mm-hmm. it was that part. Like, if it's like whether we have souls after we die, he doesn't really... I don't, he doesn't necessarily believe in that. He wants to believe it, he says. But he kind of more believes in, like, a collective consciousness rather than individual souls. So he thinks that maybe after we die, then there's some sort of collective thing that happens, but not us as individuals. You know, and to... An interesting thing with souls is not in the sense of what happens after we die, but this is just a different, you know, take on it. But you can also think about a soul, you know, in, in the terms of like possession, because you know people always talk about like, and not to be like in a horror movie or anything, but like certain objects might have the soul of this person or some this, you know, individual within that. I guess it's uh-huh. if you believe in that as well. Do you? Uh, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so give me your thoughts on the soul then. Um, yeah. you know it's a 
I guess when you pass away, I guess I don't know if there's going to be like a, a if there's if you're just it's like a nothingness I guess. Because another thing that comes to mind of where it's not a nothingness is just like that belief of like Buddhism, for example. Are, are, did you guys example? happen to talk about that? Well, what about it? Just in terms of where like maybe your body passes, but your physical soul goes to some other living being or like reincarnation reincarnation yes was it that happened to be discussed uh probably a little bit but yeah because i so i don't know you if think? i fully believe but i i find it very interesting let me you know, actually before were you did you grow up like religious like, was your family religious did you guys go to church or anything uh my family no even kind of like your, even your is your mom religious or not not i mean they were growing up but you know here for me growing up on just in our family and you know, they worked like seven days a week in factories. It just, we kind of got away from it and never really grew to be a part of our daily routines. Gotcha. What about, do you, do you know if your parents have any like religious practices? Do they like pray before eating or anything like that? You know, it's, so I say this, I, you know, they talk about being, I, I guess I am a Catholic. Um, and we went through the whole procedure of, you know, going through the Catholic Church. Um, like you and were we baptized. Do pray before, yes, we do Did pray Did you have before, a communion too? No, so I skipped the communion. Okay. Me too. <laughs> I, had, I was we baptized. All, we all got baptized. That was definitely, that was checked. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got baptized, but no communion. But, uh, you know, no communion. I mean, all, we, we do do the prayer before, you know, the big meals. But besides that, I couldn't tell you the last time that as a family, we went to church for a church on a Sunday. Now, is that like, do you guys pray before a big meal, like with just your parents, or is that only if you're with like extended family? No, it's, it's, so we always have a family dinner. So my parents, my brothers, maybe uh, my older half brother and his family, like when we're all together. Okay. So Even if they didn't show up, just like the family. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. It's like Easter, Christmas, things like that. Yeah. I was just curious because that could shape how you were. Your thoughts on the souls, though. So. Yes, I mean that's that's fair. So what are your so what are your thoughts <laughs> on the souls? <laughs> you think that we're re- reincarnated? No, I was saying I don't know if I fully believe it. I mean, there's a part of me that kind of I find it very interesting because I guess I'll even ask you one of my favorite quotes is this: If our population is growing so much, and this is, goes back to Buddhism, how do how could you explain? that theory that things are reincarnated, that people are reincarnated. Yeah, that's my, like, number one argument to it. But, no, see, so I, I don't know who answered this. It might have been Gandhi, for all I know. <laughs> but he had a really good response. I don't, I don't think he's Buddhist. Huh? I don't think Gandhi yeah. is Buddhist, is he? Well, who, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. So a Buddhist answered this question, and I found it very interesting. Maybe he is. I can't, maybe I'm getting confused. His answer was, yes, that's true. The population is increasing. But not all – it's living life reincarnates to other living life. And what have we been losing through all this vast amount of population growing? And the, the gentleman pointed to a tree. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really good point. So something like that, that really sparked my interest in that theory, that philosophy. So you come back as a tree maybe. <laughs> no, I mean the trees are dying to become people. And his... Oh, okay. But no humans would be re- reincarnated as a tree. Uh, right now on our current numbers, no. <laughs> gotcha. So, so what else about, so 
is that kind of your only thoughts on souls you know it's a it's a part of it where i kind of i i want to believe in souls but i just personally can't back it up so you're kind of in the same boat as my dad yeah like i guess the theory that you know your soul lives on i just i i can't picture what that reality of what that is yeah so you just you just are more in the lane of i don't know yeah that's a <laughs> in a long you want, window you want one way, way yes. but yeah you want one thing but you're just not sure mm-hmm. gotcha now what about so another thing about the souls too is not just afterlife but it's like in our current life do you feel like you have a soul you know in terms of like when someone you know is on you like hey put your soul into it like that kind of thing sure um, I don't, I think when someone refers to like, you know, do we have souls or like, you know, that, that's a good soul. It's, I think it's kind of a, it's a phrase to talk about someone just in general, like their own personal principles, like who they are. I just think it's, that's when someone says what a soul is, it's just, you know, these characteristics that make a person an individual. Gotcha. Yeah. That's how I would assume. That's how I would take those phrases as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Although my dad did get a uh, a complaint against him because he said because uh, he said he doesn't believe in a soul, but later in that same episode of the podcast he said that he was a lost so- lost soul <laughs> at one point in his life. So be careful with your words. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> okay, so the next thing. So we covered the souls thing. You're kind of just. You don't know. You believe that you're going to be a tree next life. but uh, You know, I'm hoping for a dolphin, but, you know. <laughs> All right. Next one is the 10,000-hour rule. So we discussed the 10,000-hour rule kind of – we talked a lot about it, but I guess what I really care about is whether or not you believe that it, it, it exists. So my dad, his kind of take on it was – he thinks it's not necessarily 10,000 hours. That's just kind of like a phrase of yes. when you master something. He kind of thinks you become you become proficient at 10,000 hours, and but he doesn't ever like to go past 10,000 hours for anything he does because it takes too much work, basically. So it's like he'll get good enough to where he's like looked at as pretty good, mm-hmm. but then it's like the, it's so hard for him to make any more progress that it's almost like not worth it. I kind of just don't think the 10,000 hour rule is real because it's, it's like I said to you earlier when we were off part, it's like I could play 10,000 hours of video games, but I'm not going to be as good as Nick Merckx or something. You know, that's, that's, that's a fair point, but also it's, again, this isn't a diss at you, but I guess, (laughs) (laughs) but it's about to be a diss. (laughs) No, but in in a sense, if you played video games for 10,000 hours, it's, I guess also how you use those ten thousand hours as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously, you know, so what I you're use... saying is I shouldn't be playing with you, bums. <laughs> no, no. Get to play with some good people. No, because <laughs> you know, in terms of how, if your goal, and this kind of can come back to goals, you know, if your goal is to be as good as a professional gamer, you know, you're using your ten thousand hours perfecting that craft. And I don't know. Maybe the, this time also includes even your studying of that craft. Um, whereas if you're using it as a social means, you know, obviously your 10,000 hours isn't as determined 
And at the end of the day, when you look at what's being mastered, obviously the person that had the goal and is more focused would have utilized that 10,000 hours to reach their goal in a more efficient way. Yeah, that's kind of how I think about it too. Is like you can have 10,000 hours of something, but doesn't mean if you don't care about it or if you're not really putting any effort in, it's not going to matter. So in that sense, the 10,000 hour rule doesn't really matter. No, but I also say this on the other side of the coin. You may not think that you're as good as Nick Merckx playing for 10,000 hours, um, but if in your level, I would reckon that if you played somebody that played for 100 hours, you would beat them every time. Again, not because of natural skill, but you played so long, you you yeah. picked up things in that 100,000 hours to have the tips to be successful, and you're just better than what you think you are, but you've gained skills that you just naturally don't even think about that are there from doing yeah. it that long. Yeah, that's true too. So, so okay, so was that what's your take on it? You think it's real? Um, you know, I I'm gonna right down the middle, where on your dad's side, you, you know, he was saying. You know, he didn't agree like it had to be 10,000 hours, right? Yes. Yeah, to like really that. be a be proficient really at it. I don't think it has to be, you know, this the scale of time to be proficient at something. Yeah. But also, um, you know, the how you use that time can make you efficient. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of factors into it for sure. I mean, let's look at if you know if you and I put in 10,000 hours into landscaping. It's probably going to be different levels, you know. That's, you know, you're not wrong. But <laughs> I will say if I put 10,000 hours in the landscaping, I, I would ex- hopefully expect to keep that job and be good at it. <laughs> so we'll give the, the backstory on that is when when Sean said I got him a job one summer as doing landscaping things. And it's just as his first time. It was his first venture into the into the manual labor world. Dad always mowed the lawn. And, uh. You know, he tried his hardest. We'll just say that. Yep. Got fired on my birthday. Oh. <laughs> it's a rough one. <laughs> I, can see the, I can see the pain in your eyes right now. Yep. <laughs> Thank God this isn't a YouTube video. Yeah. It's a good thing you found Top Golf. Say that. Yeah. All right. I can't remember. I think I immediately went back to McDonald's after that. <laughs> back to McDonald's? Oh, to work? Yeah. Did you really? Oh, yeah. I needed a summer job. How long did how long were you doing the landscaping? Like a week or two? No, no way. <laughs> it was about a month. Okay, that's not bad. And it was like pretty much the month of May. Okay. Did you like did you quit McDonald's to do that, or were you just like waiting to go back to McDonald's? No, so it was it was a summer job. So yeah. I had come back, and honestly, if I if you didn't offer, I probably would have went back to McDonald's that summer. Anyway. Yeah. I remember too. This is a funny story. When I so I had worked at McDonald's. It was actually my. I want to say it was my first job. I'll backtrack here. My first job was working at an apple orchard for years. Oh, you're at Glies. When I was like a 12 year old, and it was in the summer. It was long. It was like 45 hours a week, and going through that through like high school and junior high, it was kind of balancing that with like lifting and all that. But, um, you know, eventually. When I got to the point where I could drive, because I, I live next to this apple orchard, so we'd ride our bike to work. <laughs> um, eventually, when I got to the point that I could drive, I ended up getting a year-round job at McDonald's when I was like 16, um, and that would be weekends and then the summers. Went off to college, and then 
I thought I was done with McDonald's that first summer I came back from college when, you know, I took the landscaping job. And so I came back to McDonald's anyway, long story short. And when I came in to ask, I actually walked in. I didn't call anybody. I just walked in to say, hey, like you guys looking to bring me back. <laughs> and they said, oh, can you work? Can you work today? <laughs> I was like, what? I worked when I really just walked into this place. I worked four hours later, a five hour shift. That's hilarious. <laughs> What did you do at Glice? I was an apple sucker picker. So what that is, um, and Glice had about, I'd say, five to six local, like 12 to 16-year-old kids in the area. Um, we were probably the youngest, so probably not as young as me and my brother who were like 12, 13, 14 years old at the time. They're probably like The other kids were like you know, 15, 16, 17. But essentially, uh, at this apple orchard on the trees – you had to, depending on the size of the tree, climb the trees, and there was new growth. It was usually a, like a green, a small little green branch that you had to wear gloves and just rip them all off. So with all the trees, it just kept it so they were all trimmed essentially from yeah. having new growth. Gotcha. So it was pretty, I mean, climbed a lot. Of, like there were some tall apple trees. Yeah, that's. I'm surprised uh, that didn't transfer over a little more to the landscaping world. Well, you know. <laughs> the final. <laughs> The, the nail in the coffin, and that was uh, Sean was supposed to pick some weeds out of yep, a okay. Now I'm gonna flower 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 bed, and he just I mean it's not your fault. You just didn't they didn't know like what were flowers, and because the flowers hadn't not, bloomed just, yet. Those weren't flowers. They they were flowers, <laughs> ugliest flowers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the flowers hadn't bloomed yet, so they looked like little weeds, and he picked all of the weeds. That was the uh, final straw. I'll tell you what, there were no weeds, so. <laughs> Did your job a little too well. <laughs> All right, the last thing, the last topic here is about free will. So that might have been our last episode. I don't remember if we released that last or not. But So free will is basically the idea that it's whether or not we have – if we can make our own choices or if they are not necessarily already determined for us, but – Like a destiny. That's a way that – yeah, sure. You could think of it as that. Do you want to hear my thoughts first, or do you want to give yours? No, you go ahead. So, actually, when when we were talking about this, I was actually using the argument of a of a like a philosopher. He's actually like a neuroscientist, but because I didn't really have that many thoughts on it, so I just took his thoughts on it. But basically, what he is saying is that he does not believe in free will. He doesn't think it's a thing because every decision that we make or Everything that happens in our life has been happens because of something that has already happened, whether that be our genetics or our life experience. So, like, let's say, you know, somebody asks you to like, I asked you to do this podcast. You didn't yep. really, according to him, you didn't really have free will in that because I mean, you, you did kind of force me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because of just, you know, you could say it's our life. You know, we've had life experiences together and that kind of just led you to be like, yeah, of course I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of not necessarily my take, but that's the idea behind that. No, you know, I, I love looking at, you know, different sides of arguments and that's a very fair point. I guess I'm, I guess I just do believe in free will. I think we can make our own choices. No matter what choice you do make, you could find a way to back it up. Essentially. How so? Give me an example. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, that's 
Like, I guess we'll go, we'll keep it simple. Let's say I didn't want to do this podcast. Uh huh. So let's, well, I, if I didn't do this podcast, it was of my free choosing of not assisting you. And again, there could have been, man, now I feel like I'm talking myself into this. <laughs> this is exactly what happened to my dad when we talked mm. about this. He kind of, it's hard to make an argument against that. I guess, but even like what I just said, because in a sense, what I just said backs up both arguments, because no matter what, if it's destiny or not, you can back up that there's a reason for it happening. Correct, right? I'm not, say that again? So no matter what decision you make, uh-huh. whether I come on or if I don't, in either case, you could have the evidence to back up why it was going to happen that way. Yeah. But that would make it to, to back up whether or not you did or did not do it, but that would go into the no free will category. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not liking my current argument for saying <laughs> free will. What, what I don't, so before how, hearing case, all of that, what, why would you think there's free will? Maybe I'm just a sucker and think that we can make our own decisions <laughs> around here. But... Maybe I'm just a sucker. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting, like, not to shift gears here, but to if you taking your own personal beliefs out, just being assigned, maybe it's a school project, and you're assigned the task of explaining free will, if you think about it, it really is kind of an impossible task when you think about it to explain it, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Really, the only... The only thing it can come down to is your religious beliefs. So most Christians would argue that there is free will because God gives us free will. And that's really your own that's really like the argument you can make. That's kind of it. Like you can't really But what if like I make my free will to work out today? But it's still you're going to make the decision based off of these other things building up in you. Yeah, like this burger I ate or – Sure, it could be that. Or just like you could have watched maybe because you saw Nick Merck's stream at his workout or you're like, ooh, I really feel like doing my Oculus workout today. Yeah. Or you, you talked to me and so I motivated you to work out subconsciously. In your research, I mean, again, I just – now that I was pushing for free will and now I can't find a way to back it up. Have you seen anyone on your in your research back up free will? And besides the Christian thing, I wouldn't even call. I haven't done research. It's just one guy that I listen to. <laughs> gotcha. So I wouldn't call like doing research. But I'm sure there's. I don't know. There there might be. But it seems like typically, at least from the few things that I've read or listened to, the only reason to argue for free will is religious reasons. Because otherwise, if you don't have any religious beliefs, it doesn't really matter to you. So ultimately, when you think about it, destiny – there's always a way to explain it in any in any situation. Yeah, like why someone makes a decision is because of this reason. That's the argument, yeah. There has to be – I don't know – but even then there's – I say like – not to say like a movie – there's a movie twist where – you have to find like a situation where something doesn't make sense to, for that action, I guess. Yeah. In, in in that scenario, that would be free will. But I guess I don't know what wouldn't you know to find a situation similar to that, something that doesn't make sense for why it happened. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if there really is any because let's say 
like you're in a split split decision scenario where it's like you're somebody's out in the middle of the road and it's like you don't even have time to think about that decision you just let's say you go and save this person that's in the road you understand what i'm saying uh, okay i'm gonna are you driving a car or like what's going on with no this let's say let's say you're walking down the street okay and somebody is like passed out in the middle of the road okay okay that's and there's right. a car coming okay so this is this isn't one of the arguments that this guy made but this is this is similar to what he would say in that moment most likely you're going to make a decision in less than a second right like in a few milliseconds of either you run out there and help the person or you don't and the the thing is in that time whatever decision you make there's been like research done that your conscious mind doesn't even know the decision that's made until after you just react yes and so in any decision that you make your conscious mind doesn't actually know that decision for like 0.3 seconds or something like that so that's that's just biology taking over at that point so again so that's saying that's you know it's already predetermined based on biology yeah yeah basically so in that example using this example what situation in that can back or create a situation of free will is there if any i don't i can't make the argument for it no i don't what know you how just, like, you would what if you just did something like you just you threw your instead of saving the person or not doing anything you ran and just threw yourself into the car that's still maybe the, killing both of you that's crazy but that's still your decision you're making like damn you're right well, it's just, not even a decision but it's just that's what really you did decision, yeah it's still something you did yeah hmm. it's hard to it's hard to did your dad back up free will that's what yes he wants there to be free will essentially but he couldn't really come up with good arguments against this either because it's because ever most people want free will because it's uncomfortable if you don't have free will. Like my dad's argument was like, well, there has to be free will or else what's the point of living? If everything's already determined for me, then why am I even like okay, how about doing this? anything? Driving over the speed limit. Um, is that your free will? Disobeying the speed limit? I would say probably not. Oh. Why? Because I can't argue against it. Because it still all goes back to these previous decisions. Like maybe you're running late, so you feel like you have to speed to get to no, where I you need to go. No, I just want to speed. Well, then you you enjoy it. You have it's the adrenaline that you like. So that over that made your made you make that decision. But so because I enjoy it, it's predetermined that I would speed. Disobeying the laws. <laughs> hmm. What's your argument against it? How is it free will? Uh, because, damn, I'm, uh, I just, maybe I had, no, because then there's a reason. Damn. Wait. See, here's the situation. If I say anything, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, not, that's, damn. that's, that is the situation. Yeah. That's why it's right, hard well, to, let's, it's really hard to argue against, or it's hard to argue for free will. I guess we'll, uh, we'll come into, uh, a, uh. Let's create a moment right now where I am disowning my side of believing in free will. Okay. <laughs> I haven't given that up yet, but... Yeah, again, I want to believe it, but I really can't back it up. 
Yeah, it's it's really hard to. It, this is worse than the Souls thing. See, when me and the the thing is when me and my dad were arguing about it or discussing it, you know, he said, you know, his his thing is like, well, if you don't believe in free will, it's like, what's the point of even like living because everything's already determined. But I guess for some, this guy had an explanation for it that I can't really do it justice, like his explanation. But things are not actually predetermined. Like ten years from now is not predetermined yet because nine years from now hasn't happened. You know. Sure. So that's why it's there's not actually I mean, I don't, things are not predetermined because of that. You could do that with any scale though. Like a minute can't be predetermined because thirty seconds hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Got me thinking, Dave. <laughs> so, so it's really I sh- I can never when we're playing video games and you don't pick me up when I'm down. I really can't blame you. It's just predetermined. It's just your biology. I really tried, but I just, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was the last thing. You got any other final thoughts on that? Something to uh, think about. Yeah, something definitely something to think about. My brain juices are flowing. Just uh, thank God we did this at 8.30 at night before I'm about to sleep here in a couple hours. <laughs> Give you something to think about, yeah. All right, Sean, I think that's it, unless you have something you wanted to bring up. No, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully come back in the future. Um, hope you're staying safe and healthy out there in Cali. Yes, thank you for joining. Thanks for replacing my father on this episode. Um, for people, let's see, he's, he's, he's busy because he's getting a lot of work, which is good. So yeah. people in the Hillsdale, whatever, southern Michigan area, go to kirksfivestarroofing.com to find his stuff. You can find my fitness things at freshfocusfitness.net and visit Top Golf in Auburn Hills. Yep, that's right. Especially if you have a big corporate event. That's right. You call Sean. Reach out to me. I'll get a hold of Sean. I get 10% of the commission. That's right. <laughs> All right, Sean. Thanks for being on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yep, stay fresh.